Hello and welcome to the Matt Belair podcast. As an explorer of the mind and world, author and coach, I have spent a lifetime learning how to push my limits and achieve my highest potential. My mission is to bring you the most inspiring, conscious, and empowering teachers, leaders, and thinkers on the planet. To bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello again, wonderful soul and beautiful human family. It is such a privilege and an honor to be with you again today. I hope that wherever you are in the world that you are doing well, sending you a huge energetic hug through the airwaves. We have a fantastic episode for you today. We have entitled this one, Invoking God, Spiritual Will, and the Map of Consciousness. And we have the Focused Life Force Energy team, creators, Clayton Stedman and Jeffrey Stiegman. I have to uh, pronounce their names slowly and hopefully I get them correct. But these guys are amazing. We really dive deep on this podcast and we talk about uh, the work of Dr. David Hawkins and the Hawkins Map of Consciousness. We talk about how you can test consciousness, uh, spiritual will, how to invoke spiritual will, creating a sacred space. Um, you know, the, uh, the little, uh, a little more disease syndrome. That one's from Clayton. It's pretty funny. Um, what else do we have? Uh, how to use the law of attraction, focus, life force, energy, technology, um, why you should be doing things in the highest and best interest of all creation, connecting with divinity and spiritual free will. So this is in two parts. Uh, This is massive. Abundance programming, uh, manifestation statements. Um, We talk about true statements for God that might be in part two. This is a a deep episode, so I know you're going to enjoy it. Um, If you like this episode and you want to support, please share the episodes. That goes a long way. Um, You can leave a review in iTunes. That really helps. Uh, I want to thank JK83, who left an amazing one and uh the more well written they are the more it's going to inspire others to listen so thank you so much it says um if you only have one room for one more podcast this is the one or if you only have room for one podcast this is the one Um, i'm a podcast junkie and love to find new interesting venues to expand my mind and creative creativeness through people's thoughts and philosophy whether you are our whether you are on the ascension path already, open-minded or narrow-minded, this is the one podcast to suit all of your needs. Matt Belair is a wonderful, charismatic, curious, and brilliant host, interviewer, and fellow being. He's able to bring out the best in people through a genuine interest in all of his guests, no matter what topic or background or viewpoint. The interviews are entertaining as well as informative. They open up doors or rabbit holes to so many different places. Truly the place to be if you are willing to let your mind expand and your brain hurt a little bit. All for a good cause. Kudos to Matt for being such an inspiration and for bringing all these people to the surface. Known or not so known. Blessings and love from an avid listener from Sweden. So thanks so much, JK, for leaving that review. I really appreciate it. It helps so much. Um, And all of you guys sharing and talking about the show, it really helps as well. Um, If you want to become a patron, that also goes a long way. Just go to uh, patreon.com forward slash Matt Belair. And thank you so much, Jamie Hutton, who went over there and she tossed a buck in the bucket. A few bucks, actually. It was very kind. Um, and it helps. It goes a long way. Um, allows me to make more episodes and travel and do the things I got to do. So, um, but all those things are great. The most important thing you can do though is one kind act. Um, more people are kind of let me know on Instagram and Facebook. But take up the kindness challenge if you want to support the show. And that's just doing three kind acts a day for a week. Don't tell anybody. Go out of your way to do it. Um, and then you're really getting the message of this show and what it's all about. And you're going to have a beautiful experience if you do that. So please take the kindness challenge. Let me know that you're taking it. Um, um, just you know, put hashtag kindness challenge or something, and the more of those, the no, uh, the the more I know I'm doing my job. Um, so that's about it. If you guys uh, go to mattbelair.com, sign up for the email list. If you're interested in coaching, go forward slash coaching. Um, check out uh, my friend David Lombear Senapass. We're going to the Parliament of World Religions next week, and um, you can check him out at Lombear's Arts. And we have a lot of uh, episodes and some pretty far out there stuff. Um, but I'm still going down that rabbit hole, um, and it's still it's pretty incredible so far. So he definitely 
definitely need support. Um, any listeners, we, we need an assistant, um, graphic design, video. So anybody out there who would be willing to help myself or David, um, please reach out because we could definitely use your help. Um, and I think that's it. So let's get into this and just come to a powerful state of peace and coherence. So wherever you are, just taking a deep breath in through your nose. Holding that breath and just setting the intention to come to a powerful state of peace and coherence and presence now and just let that breath out slowly with all the cares and all the worries of the day. Taking another deep breath in through the nose, just really connecting to this divine life force energy, this breath within you, just connecting to yourself and your body and just let that breath out slowly with all the self-criticisms, the task lists and all the stresses. Taking in one more deep breath in through the nose holding that breath and just filling yourself up with peace and love and kindness and gratitude for yourself and others. I want you to send out love and kindness and gratitude to all of your surroundings, to everyone you've ever met, your friends, your family, your co-workers, to all life on the planet, getting yourself in a happy, beautiful, coherent and positive and connected state of mind and way of being. So, all right, I'm going to stop rambling now. Um, Let's get into this incredible part one with Clayton Stedman and Jeffrey Stegman. Hello and welcome to the Master Mind, Body, and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. Today we have two distinguished guests. The first, Jeffrey Stegman, has had a focus on creating a high consciousness culture in his business, which parallels his own personal spiritual path. Jeffrey is the co-owner of two manufacturing businesses, including one that has been in business since 1835. Focused Life Force Energy is a confluence of Jeffrey's manufacturing, engineering, business, and spiritual evolution. The second, Clayton Stedman, has worked in the education, training, and coaching business for over 30 years. For the last 20 years, he has focused on business as a spiritual path in his coaching practice. Since discovering consciousness kinesiology in 2004, he has done over 5 million CK calibrations and created over 10 consciousness assessments and several unique energetic medicine protocols. Focused Life Force Energy is a continuation of his purposeful intention to create the conditions for humanity to have a higher level of consciousness. Welcome to the show, Clayton Stedman and Jeffrey Stegman. What's up, gentlemen? Thank you, Matt. Thanks, Matt. Good to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you guys. It's good to see you again. Yeah, good to see you too. Yeah, it's been a while since the last show that we were together at. Yeah, we met, um, all three of us met at the uh, Conscious Media Festival. Um, you had the Focus Life Force Energy, you're talking about that, but we, we dove in on like consciousness and life and what's going on on the planet and spiritual evolution. We, we hit it really hard and it was great. So I'm, I'm excited to chat with you guys today. Um, you guys are doing exciting stuff over there. It's really fascinating. It's a bit mind-blowing. Uh, it took a while for me to kind of wrap my head around what it was and how it worked. Um, but just as a you know, to kind of catch the audience up to speed, do you both want to give a little bit about your backgrounds, um, your path, and, and how you got to what you're working on today and, and what you're putting out in the world? Well, as you mentioned from the bio, I'll start, Clayton, and then hand it sure. off to you. As you mentioned, the bio, Matt, you know, I come from a manufacturing and engineering background, but my passion is consciousness and, and what can we do to create those conditions for consciousness to rise you know for us to be more at peace and be in more joy in our lives and and so that kind of bringing that technology and that consciousness work together was really exciting it's like wow we can we we can create create a system or a product that really helps to do that so Clayton and I coming together was really all in service work it was really all based in how do we how do we help the world you know how do we raise consciousness around the planet so we Clayton discovered a uh, an inventor and a technology, and we worked together to develop it over time. And we we just used it for service work, you know, through two thousand and twelve, kind of two thousand and eleven, through to the uh, December equinox in two thousand and twelve. Just doing what we could to support that transition that many you know many felt was coming, and there was just a lot of energy moving and a lot of places on the earth that that uh, we could assist to rise or support to rise. 
And that's really was the beginning of FLFE and our sort of work together. You want to hit that, Clayton? Yeah. Let's see if I can hit. I want to hit it too hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like a lot of us, I got the bug pretty early about you know consciousness back in the uh, in the eighties. We called it personal development, and um, yeah, like most people, I was interested in understanding how some people seem to create a certain type of life, and others just. Well, they created another type of life and the other type is not the life I wanted. So I, I studied people who um, had created, you know, something that I would like to emulate. And um, I got into coaching pretty early. Uh, I got into education and training business in about 1984. So I've been in the business now, the industry, probably 34 years, coming on 35. Um, Work for personal development trainers and and private schools mostly. Uh, I was interested in running a a private school that was based upon a, a philosophical um, organization that I was studying with back in the 80s, and that never turned out. But I really liked the school industry and the education process, and so I, I took up something called life skills coaches training because I really appreciated what life skills coaches were doing for the students in the school. And then uh, that turned into a personal coaching practice back in about 95. And I focused on, I really focused on business as a spiritual path for the first 10 years. And then once Hawkins, well, business as a spiritual path kind of combined the business schools that I was working for, the private business schools and my spiritual interests. So I was told I had to create a, a niche when I got into the coaching business. So that's what it was. And then uh, when I came across Hawkins work in 2004, that really changed things. I dove in pretty deeply, started a few study groups. And uh, after five years and about 2.75 million calibrations, I finally kind of reverse engineered what I felt were the missing protocols in the first edition of Power versus Force. And then once the protocols came together, uh, I created some assessments to help people measure their consciousness in different parts of their life. And then I created some energetic medicine tools. And, you know, Jeff and I met uh, mid-2005, 2006, something around there. And I came across the technology 2007. That's the base of what we're using. And then with kinesiology, we refined it. And uh, we started uh, Focus Life Force Energy and September 24th, 2013. We just had our fifth, uh, just had our fifth anniversary here. Awesome. That's a Coles Notes version. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Coles Notes. <laughs> well, you know, you already opened up a can of worms, so I want to dive in. Yeah. So can you talk about what the calibrations are? Um, and then I'm just going to throw another one out because I want to hit it right away. But um, what, how do we measure our consciousness? I'm sure people would, would want to know that. So maybe there's, the, I think uh, going through the website, I think there's some stuff on there, but can you talk about the calibrations? Cause that's fascinating. Yeah. So um, I guess what one of the things Dr. Hawkins is known for is discovering that kinesiology is a non-local phenomena. That means, Matt, that if you are testing my consciousness wherever you are, I'm in Nelson, Matt, uh, Jeff's in Colorado right now visiting somebody. So you could test Jeff's level of consciousness or my level of consciousness because kinesiology is a non-local phenomena. The way that kinesiology had primarily been used up to the point of Dr. Hawkins' discovery was it was used for nutrition. So like a supplement, I happen to have one here. So you'd put this in front of you and you would test if it made your body stronger or weaker. So the theory behind kinesiology is that, and Jeff and I were just talk, talking about this before we came on, was that the body is connected to divinity at all times. And if we access the body's innate intelligence, we can bypass the mind's tendencies. That's the potential. And so Dr. Hawkins was at a lecture and seen during the lecture that kinesiology, as it was being used, I think it was a Dr. George Goodhart lecture, that kinesi the kinesiology that was being used at the time is also a non-local phenomena, but it wasn't being taught that way. So instead of just being in the same room and testing things on people, you could test something 
from anybody at any time in the past or the present that lived anywhere in the anywhere really so that's the big picture 35,000 foot view and that did that originate from dr hawkins work well dr george dr john diamond was the kind of the first was one of the most well-known originators of kinesiology and then dr george goodhart picked it up from there and then dr hawkins took it to the I recognize it's a non-local phenomena and worked on the protocols to ex expand upon that. And, and there's some people who look at kinesiology and say, well, dowsing has been done for ever since recorded history. So is this really anything new? And yeah, we can talk about that if you want, but, but that, that's the history that I came at it from, from it being used as a, a way to test uh, supplementation or to test if you had a certain type of bacteria or virus in a, or a parasite or something in the nutritional field, the health field, into the consciousness field. Got it. So how, yeah. Well, because, well, the reason why I'm curious is because I want to I want to kind of segue into the map of consciousness. And I remember specifically the first time that I saw it, and it was at my boy, Johnny Ronka. I give him a shout out. He's the man. I love Johnny. We just went to Bernie Man. He's such a sweetheart. Um, has a company called Love on Revolution where it gamifies acts of kindness. Um, so he needs to work harder on that because he's been slacking off. But basically, you have a, a bracelet and um, you do an act of kindness and you pass on that bracelet and you can see how far it goes. It's friggin' simple and it's brilliant and Johnny's mm -hmm. the man. Um, but I saw it on his fridge when we we're hanging out in Austin. And this was probably actually for the Conscious Media Festival because I was staying mm -hmm. at his house and that's where mm -hmm. I met you boys. So there's a nice full circle as I talk my way around that. Um, so I saw the map of consciousness and I thought it was simple and brilliant, but it's also complicated. Do you guys want to like discuss that a little bit? And then kind of the segue is, you know, how do we measure where we're, where we're at? And this chart kind of shows you. And then how do we evolve and awaken? And you have something on your website about connecting to divinity. And I went through that and I was like, yeah, all this is pretty on point. Um, so maybe we can kind of um, start with that. And I'll pop it up on my screen so people can see it. Either of you gentlemen. Yeah. Well, I'm the one that typically talks about the map because I'm the, the measuring geek. But uh, <laughs> if you want to pick some of it up, Jeff, I don't want to be talking the whole time. Sure. The only thing I would mention, Clayton, is just the way, of, the way that we're testing is by making a statement and then testing whether the body is strong or weak, you know, in the presence of that statement. So... If the statement is not true, the body's weak. If the statement's true, the body's strong. And that's, that's the basis of kinesiology testing. So it's not a question. It would be a statement that you're making. We could give you an example of, a, of a con measuring a consciousness statement after we go up through the map. Sure. Yeah. So I popped up the map so people can see, and you could also uh, um, check out. Yeah. His, his, I just re recently got into his work. Um, what's his first name again? It's Hawkins. David. David Hawkins. Yeah. So you can research David Hawkins. He has uh, talks on YouTube that are amazing. And I was actually listening to a few um, to kind of prep for this podcast. And he'd come up so many times and I looked at the books and I was really interested in, in reading all of them. And I'm still going to eventually get through all of them. Um, but yeah, let's discuss the map of consciousness because it's simple and it makes perfect sense. And you can kind of see where you are. So how do we, so maybe you can describe like how the map works and then how we can get to the higher states. Sure. So I'll start off. So the, the map of consciousness starts from uh, point zero 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 one, or you know, almost an infinite number of zeros. It doesn't start from zero because zero is non-existent. So it starts at a very very small number and it goes to infinity. So the one creator that created all God, divinity, universal consciousness that would create that would calibrate at infinity on the Hawkins map. A lot of us are just familiar with the, the human domain. So the human domain is a one to a thousand. But the, but, and the map does go to infinity, as I said, and uh, like the archangel, the, the archangels would calibrate from 50,000 up. So let's say you had Archangel Cryon, Archangel Michael, Archangel Raphael, Uriel, Gabriel, all the classic archangels. You can scale all those on the Hawkins map. And we'll talk about why that's important later because it, it really is helpful. When you're praying, you can measure the source of a stream of thought. So you're thinking, think I'm tapping into something here that's maybe bigger than me. 
And when you get good enough at consciousness kinesiology, as we'll call it, you can start to measure the source of your thought, and then you can start to measure the ability of you to translate that thought onto, onto paper. And then you can calibrate the level of consciousness of what's on the paper and see how true it is. So there's lots of ways to, to have control. There's lots of controls you can use in the ascension process, which we're starting to bridge. So the human realm is from one to a thousand. So the highest level of consciousness that a human body can sustain, you know, 24th, 7, 365 is still a thousand of a thousand. So Jesus was a thousand, Buddha was a thousand, Zoroaster was a thousand, Krishna was a thousand for periods of their life, maybe not for their, all, their, all their life. What's kind of an interesting little segue is that the highest level of consciousness a person can be born at is 700. That's not talked much about, but I figure we throw a couple little research tidbits in there that we stumble across over the years. So in the scale, 200 is integrity or courage, as it's often mentioned or stated in the map. 500 is love. 600 is the beginning of enlightenment. 700 is the ripening of enlightenment. So that's kind of a, a, sh a short little explanation. And how did, do you have any idea how he came up with those numbers? Because I heard him talking about it in his talks. Like, how in the world did you, and, and do you guys know a little bit about his work? Like he had some sort of like um, very fascinating um, and intense experience to kind of level him up to like a whole nother scale and kind of bring this out. Like, do you guys, are you guys aware of that? Like the details of that? Yeah, he had a near-death experience and he went in that experience. I've actually done a, uh, uh, an analysis of his life where I've tested his level of consciousness and his integrated level. So the integrated level is a level you don't go below a certain amount of time. So we all kind of are like on a wave in our consciousness. So there's a line here where you can measure where you don't drop below. And that's a good indicator to see how quickly you're growing. Cause if you're growing really quickly, you'll have a little more fluctuation. So if you measure the level of consciousness and the integrated level at the bottom of the, of the wave, and then you measure how functional you are, it can tell you a lot about a person. So when Hawkins had his near-death experience, he went up like 400 points in an instant. Yeah, about 400. So he went from around 450, 400, 450, depending on how long you measure the consciousness over to about 850. And it took him about seven years to integrate that because when you go up in a consciousness that quickly, the nervous system isn't adapted to hold that much energy. So oftentimes when people make a big jump in consciousness, they will have to spend a few years not doing very much. So we call it bench time as a kind of a slang word. You just spend a couple of years on the bench because you keep, it's not that functional. That's a, that's a classic uh, experience in the, in the traditional spiritual literature. I would throw in on the map too, that each point upwards is 10 times more energy. So, you know, when you look at the map, the lower levels, they're, they're lower energy uh, levels of consciousness or states of being. And then as you move, you know, up into the higher levels, it, there's more energy present. So there's more power to co-create, to do things, you know, in the, there's, there's some people that are very high, you know, a few, very few on the planet that live their life at 850 or 840 on the Hawkins map. And there, it's just an extraordinary amount of power in their life. And what they're creating is just is really extraordinary. So, the, so when for, for David, Dr. David Hawkins to jump 400 points at once, each one of those points is 10 times more energy in the system. That's intense. Well, yeah. <laughs> so I, I want I want to I don't know if you guys can explain like how exactly it's measured. Like I'm curious about that, but I I find it fascinating that um, the bottom the the lowest you can go is shame. And I recently did a podcast with Kim Fisk. He wrote a book, The Monster Under Your Under Your Bed: The Underlying Lie That Drives Us. And um, when you get down to the lowest, it's shame. We have this like shame we're going around with, and we can't get rid of it. Um, and so. You know, if you look at society and it, you kind of go up the same shame, guilt, which we, you know, like you got the Catholic guilt, you've got all kinds of guilt. You got guilt for not being tall enough, guilt for not being pretty enough, whatever the heck, you know, baloney is going on, guilt for not getting enough likes, you're not cool enough. Uh, so you got grief and then fear is still like uh, better. <laughs> Desire, anger, 
pride and we're still on the weak force. And then we get up to courage, neutrality, acceptance, reason, love, joy, peace, um, enlightenment. And that just makes sense that one of them feels better. Um, if I'm, I'm I kind of divert a little bit, if you're at that lower stage, right? And so many of us are in fear and we're in the monkey mind and, you know, you wake up and, and I think that it's this underlying thing as well for survival because our consciousness is here to keep us alive. We look both ways. That's what the ego is for. It's like, you look left, you look right, you don't kill the body, you know, um, but the ego can, can, in trying to help us do the job, get the money and survive, we're stuck in this loop. We're like, we got to get more money. We got to stack more chestnuts, you know, in the tree, right? More cash in the bank. So that way we are guaranteed to be able to go buy food and be indoors. And we get stuck in this like fear cycle, this, um, you know, operating system that we can move beyond. And, and it's very challenging. So I'm just curious if maybe you guys could offer some thoughts on, on some encouragement or some tips or some exercises, because you have some great stuff on the website on like how we would, we would move up there and start to get out of that. Okay, well, I'll start it off. Um, <laughs> I've done a lot of research on energetic medicine. So, um, depending on your beliefs, so I'll have to quantify, or, or, uh, yeah, quantify this. Uh, in Hawkins' work, he talks about our own will calibrates at our own individual level of consciousness. So let's say we're 190. So our will would be at a 190 level of consciousness. If our will is at, if we're at 500, then our will is at 500. And so one of the quickest ways to advance our consciousness is to use what, what Hawkins called spiritual will. And the spiritual will is the will of divinity or, or God, the creator. And that calibrates at 850. So when you have um, programs such as 12-step programs or other energetic medicine tools, the highest calibrating ones will include the spiritual will. So basically the spiritual will can be invoked by saying, please help me, God. Help me understand how to be present on this webinar today and explain things well so that people can understand the message we're trying to convey. So that's invoking the spiritual will. And, you know, in the, in probably the largest personal development movement on the planet, the 12 step programs, you know, they use the spiritual will a lot in that program. They ask for the help of a higher power of your understanding to help you transcend something that my own will cannot do. And so that's used in all types of recovery programs, not only the 12 step, but, so they're accessing that power. They just may know, not know that it calibrates at 850 on this particular type of scale. Well, I, th I find that interesting um, because, you know, I spent the summer with a Native American elder. Uh, he has a 20,000 year history and he's a sage. so he's the spiritual teacher um, to the Mi'kmaq. Uh, they know who he is. And he's like the guy you ask all the questions to, you know, he's, you know, their version of the Pope kind of. Um, but he's like, he's got a right of passage. I don't know if the Pope has done the stuff that he has done. You know what I mean? Like you can be like elected a Pope, like this guy, like the rituals and the stuff he had to go through being taught by 600 elders on the side of a mountain. Like that's an official spiritual wizard, you know, like it's, he's next level. And um, one of the things he said, you know, he's always asked by different people. It's just like, how do you connect with spirit? How do you talk to spirit? He's like, you just have to talk. He's like, you gotta, just got to ask because you have two spirit guides, but you're a closed system. So you need to like write it out and say it out loud. Then they can help you. And when I had, um, um, shoot, I'm blanking on his name, um, Tim Shields on the podcast as well. He said, my life changed the second I started journaling every single day and writing it down. And, I, and he's like, I, I traveled. I had enough for a one-way ticket um, to write my book. And he's like, all of this magic happened. But he's like, I, the point that I found was he started to ask and write it down on a daily basis to activate whatever type of energy that is. And it's like a must. It's a foundational thing. And just do that. Um, just do that thing, you know, just write it down, just ask. Um, it says in the Bible too, a bunch of stuff like that, right? Asking it is given, you got to speak it out loud, things like that. Um, so it may, it, it all seems to be congruent, um, and different findings of why you would use that one principle of just asking. So maybe you guys can continue on if you want to add something else, but I just wanted to just share that. Yeah, that's a practice I do is, is speaking it out loud. And I often do it in the car when I'm driving 
you know, driving to work or driving somewhere is, you know, where's the sticky point in my life right now? Like what's causing me friction or, or distress or stress in some way. And, you know, I'll start talking about it, like asking for help to transcend it, asking for peace. Um, and that speaking it out loud just seems to clear things so much more quickly and, you know, asking a higher power. And in my case, I don't mind the God word. So I use God to sort of ask for help. And that then asking also for help in transcendence, like what are the various factors that are part of this issue? You know, is it this lifetime? Is it previous lifetimes? And then asking for those karmas, if it is previous lifetime, if it is karma, for that to be cleared. And I think we, we all have the power to do that, to ask for and receive, you know, help to do that. In fact, you know, those guides around us, those beings around us are waiting for us to ask. So that's, yep. that's my practice. Yep, 100% agree. And so I guess this leads me into like the question I want to ask is you guys have uh, some stuff on the website guidelines to basically personal development, the very simple and it's how to connect to divinity. I don't know if that's how you worded it. It might be but I love that wording. So how can we connect to divinity and God and may as well while I'm talking about it? Uh, what is God to you guys? Like, how, what's your belief around God or consciousness or the higher power? And how do we connect to that thing? You know, the thing I say, it's like the thing breathing you when you sleep and make sure you don't die. It's growing the trees, you know, it's nature. Mm -hmm. It's all that. And that's for me. So I'm just curious what you guys feel about that. You want to start with that one, Clayton? Why don't you pick it up? And I've been, I've been talking a lot, so we'll take turns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... The practice that we've developed together, Clayton and I, in the business and together, just doing personal work, and then I, I use it all the time myself for personal work or when I'm getting together um, with a small group of people, is creating sacred space. So it's, it's just universal throughout traditions of opening up a field or opening up a sacred space. And, you know, in some traditions, it's calling in the directions. And for us, we, we developed a process that we use for that. Um, that is calling, it's, it's a way of calling in the directions, but it's really calling in the flow of energy through the realms um, into us, into um, the field that is around us all the time. So, we tend to think in terms of consciousness fields. So, it, and then you can measure the size of the field around you, the level of consciousness of it. Um, so what, what we tend to do in our, as we start a meeting is we create a field and we did that before we started the webinar today. So, you know, it's, it's calling in this flow of energy through the realms, asking for help in raising the consciousness of the field that, each of us uh, have a, around us and the field that we create together in a group. In this case, the three of us together and everyone that's watching is creating a field together, you know, all over the world. And so asking for help to raise the level of consciousness or the energy present in that field. Um, so as it rises, the level of consciousness, the energy, the, the vibration of the field rises, then our access individually to truth uh, at high levels of energy or vibration, you know, is more, more there for us. So we create that field. And then when we're done, we consciously close it. So that's part of many traditions is, is you know, closing the sacred space. So we're not leaking or, or, um, you know, just letting it sort of, drift away so you're opening and closing in that container that you build for yourself in a group you know Clayton and I have built as we do this research and do the business that container kind of grows and grows over time and it gets stronger and higher consciousness so then as you you know call in directions or whatever works for you over and over again and you have that process that you keep working um that container then serves you to access truth and divinity and, you know, 
whatever form you you can. I love that idea. Um, it makes me just think about you know going about your day, just uh, being a little bit more conscious and aware, and like your process is you know as you like the day is sacred. You know, like you have these times of like remembering and coming back to presence. And I remember when I was studying um, Jesus and the Essenes. Uh, one of the things that I took was that the Essenes set intention. It was like seven times a day um, or so. I don't remember exactly what the number was, um, but they continuously set intention. And that's one of the things that we can do and control. We're not constantly setting intention. Um, so I think that's just like a simple and powerful practice that kind of loops into, um, you know, what you were talking about. So I just want to add that. Mm. Yeah, Great, you wanna, oh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Well, a lot of people, think, well, why don't you just open the field in the morning and leave it open all day, you know? And what we find is that um, it takes energy to maintain a sacred space. It takes intention and it takes a focus. And we can have a degree of that, of course, all day long, but to have a really high field where you're uh, focused on that experience to have that same quality until you become the master, you have to open and close the field. And then otherwise your nervous system has a difficult time holding that level of consciousness all day long. Then eventually you get to the point where you are that person. But until you're there, we've just found that most people become exhausted if they try to keep a ritual space open indefinitely. So that's something we're considering. Um, I know your question was about how you create a connection and and you know we, we we get we get to be sticklers with words around the office because when we write programs to put into the technology they're at like 9.99 out of a thousand right so the, the the language has to be so precise we've learned over the years to just be kind of picky about our language so i don't want to pick apart your language but when you said to create connection with divinity it's like we're all we're always connected Right, it's maybe probably you know what you're attending was how do we increase our connection? Maybe how do we manage it? As to Jeff, what's saying, but we're always connected, and that's and that's something that you know probably good for all of us to be reminded of. I'm not saying I remember that all the time, but with kinesiology, because we do so much of it, and because it transcends the mind and re and reminds us that our body is always connected, it just becomes more and more part of your regular day awareness that. Yeah, the part of us is connected, and so how do we have that ego, you know, create enough chestnuts in the tree so we have a reasonable reserve, right? But at some point, more chestnuts aren't the answer. You know, you need a certain number of chestnuts for the winter, but then after that, it's like, that's just ego running wild. And it's money, it's cars, it's chestnuts, you know, whatever it is, it's, it's just the ego thinking that it's going to be safer if it accumulates more. That's, that's an illusion. And that's where we can use the mind. It's, it's a great tool. We want to have it to look both ways before we cross the street so the body stays alive. We want the mind to study nutrition and health and some of the things you talk about, Matt, so that the body is vital and supports us to evolve. And, you know, it, it, it's hard not to let the mind run the show. I used to call it, uh, there's one stage in my life when I called it a little bit more disease. I always wanted a little bit more. I want a little nicer car, a little nicer holiday. I want a little, little nicer place. I wanted to make a little more money. It wasn't like big things that were getting me. It was the little things. I just wanted a little more of that and a little more. And I'm not saying I've transcended that, but at that time it was like obvious because I always wanted, well, I got a 24 inch monitor on my desk. I really like a 27, you know? And we just went, that was just like such a theme for years. And uh, that's the mind. Um, well, I wanted to, I wanted to add something and then I took a note and then I kind of blanked on what I was going to say, but, um, hmm, shoot, I've lost it. Um, I'll just have to go like a whole new way and uh, allow it to come back. Um, but there, okay. So let's, I'm going to throw it back to you guys and I'll remember in the meantime and write it down. So there are other ways to, and, and I like actually, yeah, the distinction, this is, yeah, I got it. Good. 
the distinction in words is really good to kind of say, hey, this is an upgrade in words. When I was uh, researching and learning about the law of attraction, manifestation, things mm-hmm. like that, uh, my mentor, Michael Lozier, he wrote a brilliant book on it. Yeah, um, yeah, right. And it's simple and it's based on NLP. And one of the just so basic things that, you know, this will change your life. And I'll tell you right now, if you've never heard this, this will absolutely change your life. The law of attraction, whatever you give your attention, energy and focus to, you get more of. Um, the number one reason why you are attracting crap into your life you do not want is because you're talking about it too much. So if I say, don't think about a purple rhinoceros or um, don't think about a red hippopotamus, to make sense of what I'm saying, you're imagining it and feeling it. And if I say, don't imagine a cute little kitten getting run over by a car, I apologize for doing that to your brain. It's terrible. But what happens is you feel crap because I just put a thought, an idea into your mind, and then the body responds. So it's going in. And then Buddhism, they'll talk about mental nutrients. So whenever you're saying the words don't, not, and no, stop, ask yourself, so what do I want? And then focus on that. So in extreme sports, um, you know, my background on coaching in that, and like it really forces you to level up your consciousness because the impact is immediate. And if you take that level of mastery into daily life, into business, entrepreneurship, uh, writing, lifestyle, it doesn't matter. It's such an upgrade because um, people don't think about that. So if you're about to do your first backflip over a jump or even like your hundredth, it doesn't matter. You need to be focused. But Or you're going to do a trick you've never done before and you say, I don't want to fall on my head when I do this backflip. Or, you know, oh man, I really don't want like when I'm on my snowboard for this specific thing to happen. It was like, oh God, like that's where you're focusing. You're like, I want this trick to go exactly like this and you focus there and you intend there and you move there and that's where the focus life force energy moves <laughs> to drop your tagline um, and so so it's such a massive shift it's so simple um, so when you spoke about words and um, maybe we can get into a little bit of what you guys are doing because this will kind of segue in you're talking about programming what the heck are you talking about programming because i think this is going into your wizard magic and what you've guys created um and the exact words because i totally believe that the more refined we can get with what we ask with what we're intending and what we're programming for affirmations and i write mine all out so maybe you can blast off like some of the most powerful ones um that you're aware of that you've been saying and, and talk a bit about the tech maybe i'll circle back real quickly to the map since you still have the map up and it's law of attraction. What's so interesting about the map of consciousness? So each point upwards is 10 times more power to manifest. Mm. So we're, you know, as we're holding that energy of a thought, of the feeling, and we're working on a manifestation of something, whether it's consciously or unconsciously, the further up we are on this map, the more power there is. And what, what, what our Customers have discovered, you know, if they're going up 12 points on average in 90 days, all of a sudden things are manifesting much more quickly, whether they're conscious or not conscious of the thoughts that are leading to it or the feelings. So it's just another point about the map of consciousness in that creation of sacred space. If we're creating a sacred space and we're able to up level our being during that time and we're manifesting we're working on that consciousness or whatever it is we're looking to create in our lives the power there is is multiplied you know 10 times for each point so you could have you know millions of times more power to manifest you know in these high fields awesome i dig it so, I, yeah, I, t- I totally agree. And I, and I think it's interesting, like, even let's just say, you know, it, it comes back to like kind of really basic stuff. If you're super angry all the time, you don't have any space or time or mental bandwidth to do anything, you know? So I think it's easier for people to understand at a lower level how like that 10 times would work. You know what I mean? And for you're like, just like guilt and shame and depression, you're not manifesting anything. Uh, but if you get to like, you know, a little bit of fear, you know, you're kind of doing things and you're fearful, but things are happening, you know? So yeah, I totally get that. So do you guys want to um, go into like some of the, like how, like we can talk about PEMF, um, what you're programming, the technologies. Um, and if you have specific phrases and uh, statements or affirmations, because you need to be so careful with your words, I'd love to hear some because, I'm, you know, when I hear them, uh, Sandra Walter, she has something, the Ascension Path and her affirmations, um, what she wrote out was just like really aligned and on point and I, and I really liked it. 
Yeah, I don't know that we work a lot with affirmations. It could be an underutilized principle in terms of um, us in the office and in our technology. I wouldn't say we use affirmations in our technology, Jeff, really. But we're making statements that are true in, a, in what we're measuring by measuring the level of consciousness of the, uh, of, of the programs. So just to back a little bit, so the, the FLP technology, the way it works is we're creating a field, a high consciousness field in a location through, through a, uh, uh, in, you know, the highly energetic technology and we're putting an address, whether it's a coordinates or legal address into this field and we're able to create this or activate really the potential energy that's already there in that location somewhere else in the world and that's what happens. And um, there's, there's really, there's, there's le many levels of how that's functioning, but what happens is there's a high consciousness field and we're using kinesiology and, and really people's experiences to measure what's happening there. Um, so the first thing that happens is we're flowing the energy, the, the level of consciousness of the field rises in that place. And then these other programs that we're talking about are information in the field. There's support in the field for the beings that are there. And they may also be um, information and action to clear negative history, for instance. I mean, that's the first step is there's so much that's on the land on this planet. And of course, every planet where wars have happened, you know, people have had a, you know, a terrible experience of some sort, a loss, a, a witness of a murder, or whatever is happening. Concentration camps, you know, were in Nazi Germany and Poland is something we focused on and did some service work on. Those areas hold that energy in either in the crystals on the, in the ground, uh, building materials like drywall is full of crystal, you know, concrete block. Those memories and thought forms can be present there, and it creates an environment that um, is difficult to be in and is not conducive to raising your consciousness. So these programs that we write for those purposes, every word is defined. So the way we use every word, if it's, if it's not well-defined you know, in the dictionaries we reference, then we created a definition that's a higher definition of truth for that word. And so, you know, whether we're talking about geopathic stress on a land, which is, you know, either chaotic energy or energy flow in a location, then we have to define that, you know, very clearly. And, you know, everything that's done in the programs and you could say that's one of the words that we've calibrated early and it was one of the keys is in the highest and best interest of all creation and that's 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 the key piece of the program that um while we continually monitor continually or write the programs until they're 9.99 or higher um, that's in every program in the beginning of the program or the, the is divinity you know, it's addressed to divinity. So these are really prayers, you could say. And this machine or technology is a consciousness technology, a prayer machine, you could say. Um, let you take it from there, Clayton, if there's more you'd like to say. Yeah, so imagine if you had a thought machine and you were thinking, how could I use this technology to benefit humanity the most? And, you know, our mission is to create the optimal conditions for human evolution in an economized society. So the economized society part just recognizes that most of us have to work. And if you create such a high consciousness field, it's hard to function. So um, the way that we write programs is we write out the purpose of the program. So Jeff talked about clearing the negative history of the land. So there's three phases of programming in FLFE. The first is to clear the negative history. 
The second is to add positive energy or to energize. So we have clean, energize. And the third one is all the enhancements. So in the removal template, which is part of the clearing, we, we wrote the context out of what we're trying to accomplish. So truth is always in a context. So you write out your context. And then you write out how you think you will achieve that context. So as Jeff said, our programs start with fear divinity and they end with everything that is done must be done in the highest and best interest of all creation. That's our safety valve. So we write the context out. So the context would be to remove all the negative history on the land to support creating the optimal conditions for human evolution in an economized society, something to that effect. So we would write out, so we actually made a list of all the negative things that could happen on a piece of land. And that took weeks. It was, it was a hard grind near the end because you're making a list of every detrimental, negative, evil thing that could ever happen on a piece of land. And there's a lot of stuff that can happen. So we wrote that out. It was pages and pages and pages, like 20 something pages of negative conditions that could have, or negative things that could happen on a piece of land. And we would ask the technology to clear that negative history if it was in the highest and best interest of all creation to do so. So then at the end, so we have the context is to clear the land, we have the program, and then we test the level of consciousness of the program in the context to make sure we got, we, ha we had a list of all the negative things that could happen. So if we're missing something negative, the truth of that would be less than 999 out of 1,000. So let's say we had it at 800 out of 1,000. We made a list of all these negative things. We'd sit down and say, okay, what else could be negative? And, oh, if we have a whole other thing, a whole other avenue of negativity. So we'd write out more of those. And then the level of appropriateness of the program, right, to clear all the negative history would go from 800 to 850. And we'd add some more in. And it would go to 870. Add some more. And it would go to 900. We talked to some friends, they'd have an insight or two, they'd add it, you know, uh, it would go to 910 and we just keep working at it and working at it and working at it because the mind only understands what it understands. And so the great thing about kinesiology is if you can do it well enough, you can keep measuring the truth and keep expanding your awareness until the awareness is complete in that context. So we did that with the, hist the negative history of the land. We did it with energizing the land. We did it with, you know, geopathic stress influences. We're not saying we found all of them, but we found lots of geopathic stress influences that we're continuing to evolve to remove from a, a situation so that the people there can just feel better. And um, so that's a bit of an expansion on what Jeff said. And that's a, you know, an explanation of the technical part and how we just have to keep working at something because we don't know what we don't know. Like all of us don't know what we don't know. The promise with kinesiology is you can measure the fact that at least you don't know what you don't know and you can keep looking because when you get the right information, the level of consciousness goes up. Right. Interesting. Okay. So what, where this leads me to um, is I guess the programs that you wrote. So those I think are two really good things that someone can apply just to their own life when I'm writing things in like dear divinity is like calling divinity and calling the God force, calling your help and whatever that, that is. And then close it and say, if this is in the highest, best good for uh, all of creation, I think that's super on point and I can take that for sure. And I'm just curious if you can talk about some of the other programs um, that you've written and you've defined. Um, in the like, activation process, in the, you know, in the highest level process. And then explain to me, again, what this wizard magic is, how it works, and how you measure it. Well, I would, I would also um, just go back to prayer. And, you know, as you say, you open with divinity, maybe you close what's in the highest best interest of all creation. But the, what we discovered, and, you know, it's part of, law of attraction is the more specific you are, the better, you know? And so that's part of us getting down into the nitty gritty of, of the language and really finding everything and being, you know, spending these weeks and weeks going through all the negative history on the land, because the more, there's so much more power in specificity. It's, you know, the prayer, like, I want my life to be better, God. What do you mean? You know, which parts? and how you know and and it's always 
and more because you can't your mind may not conceive what could be what, what, what it could be so yeah so some of the other programs some of the other things that um you know so there's what we're looking to do is create a high consciousness space we're, we're looking to create the optimal conditions for us to evolve for really all beings to evolve so you know what are the factors that are part of that well we mentioned um, geopathic stress the negative history on the land those are all the environmental pieces like those negative thoughts those negative feelings are inf influencing us so we clear those away and we do that in our own prayer and smudging and there's there's ways to do this all yourself you know through our own consciousness through asking we're just we're looking to do it 24 7 um, and help people just help people to to do it with less energy on their part so we, we don't we definitely want to say that we can all do this we're as human beings we're immensely powerful and we can clear we can ask for help we can uh, heal the land through ceremony there's there's many ways to, to do these things um, but in creating that environment or that uh, cocoon or space of of joy and love that we're looking to all create in our lives, um, health is part of it as well. So one of the things that was interesting we 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 discovered or calibrated was, you know, what's the limiting factor for humanity to evolve? Part of it is health, and and it live your liver is one of the main pieces of that. And you know we don't make any health claims. All we do look to do is support the innate intelligence of the body to, to focus and evolve the body to support us to evolve in consciousness. So support of the liver is one of those very detailed, long, many pages long program that we have to support the body. And it's, it's just giving energy and information in the field for our innate intelligence to focus on. And say, okay, yeah, let's work on the liver. Liver's important. Let's clear it out. Let's, you know, it's it's our main filtering organ that because ascension is a physical process, you know, as well as a spiritual process. So our body is evolving and healing so that we move to higher levels of consciousness. Our liver and kidneys need to be flushing that, you know, taking those those byproducts of cellular you know, regeneration out of our system. So we have a liver program and kidneys. And, you know, so that's part of the field of support for the innate intelligence to do its thing. Yes. So another program um, would be uh, relationships, Matt. So if we have a home subscription, we have a program to support this the parents to to get along well and then to support the parents and the children and then to look at the relationship between the mother and the and the child or the father and the child and the children with each other and so we take those down and we you know we write out the context okay how do we support the two parents to get along in the best way so we do research on relationship and we reference that in the in the in the programming and then uh, same thing with the other areas that I've talked about. It's, it's a lot of research. It's a lot of um, detailed, grinding, laborious, time-consuming, <laughs> joyful, <laughs> revelatory. Because when you find like a great author like Michael Lozier, you can do things on, well, how do you create an environment in the, in the home where people can create the, the best opportunity for abun an abundant life? Uh, financially and so you'd go you'd reference things like certain parts of the law of attraction with you know esther and jerry hicks which was where a lot of michael learned his stuff and we can learn from michael and so we reference these and put them in the programming and those uh you know thoughts are things and so when jeff was talking about liver i had a friend of mine who was uh in fact he was in the first study group that i formed when i was uh, reviewing hawkins material he was 89 years old and he was a chiropractor and he was very healthy at 89 
And he was actually considering either becoming an energetic healer or a landscaper. He wasn't sure what he was going to do with his next career. But one of the things that he taught me about health was that he would sit at night and he would just talk to his organs. So he would say, oh, thank you, liver, for doing all the things you do today. And he'd have a little book about the liver. And so thank you for, do, for producing good bile. Thank you for dissolving the stones that may have accumulated over the years. Thank you for removing the energetic signature of any past shock and trauma in any of those stones. He had this big thing. He'd talk to his liver. Then he'd talk to his gallbladder. Then he'd talk to his kidneys. He'd be talking to his body for like an hour at night. That's what he did, you know? And it was like, so I hung out with John quite a bit and I was, I started to get into it. And so that was one of the things that, that we try to do with this technology is we just bless the organs and bless them and thank them for doing all the things that our medical science knows that they should do. Like there's lots of research on the optimal liver, liver function. So we find the best research in the world on liver function. We put it all together into a program, copy and paste, you know, calibrate this, add this, clarify that. And we just send positive thoughts to your liver, positive thoughts to your gallbladder, positive thoughts to your kidney, to your pineal, to your pituitary, to your hypothalamus, to your hippocampus. We, you know, that, that's what the programming is about. It's about sending positive, loving thoughts to the environment that are very, very specific with a, with a clear intention. Got it. Okay. So what I'm curious about, I'm going to ask it again differently because it is laborious. And the thing about um, uh, looking at the things you don't want, and again, I actually learned this from Michael Ozier as well, was the clarity through contrast. Like if I know that I don't want to fall on my head on a backflip, I know I want to land it. If I know I don't want to work a job I hate, I know I want to work a job I enjoy. So the contrast allows for clarity. So it's a good thing. And we're just getting it. We're in this kind of feedback loop. You know, Nassim Harami is not the only guy who said it, but you're in the universe. You take an action, you get feedback. You can now have more information to do a new action. Um, and we're kind of meandering through infinite space and void doing that. Um, the problem is, this is a side note, that people are afraid to take action in the things that they want. And, and also failure, just redefine failure for yourself. I haven't read the book yet, but I just love the title. It's like, I hope I fail. So failure is a part of it. If you skateboard, you know this. It's all failure. So just go towards what you want. Failure is a part of it. Just accept that and move forward. Um, so in defining these programs, I'm curious if you can share some of the, um, the programs that you set on either abundance and like life or ascension consciousness. Cause I want to know that I, I'll write out the affirmations of like the highest level, like what if, can you share some of the things you defined and how does this work? What does it do? What's happening? You know, do you have like a little device that's sending it out? Um, because from, and, and I don't think you guys, if people are listening to this, I don't, think they even know what it is we're talking about yet so <laughs> they, might, <laughs> they might not know so if you yeah. guys could define that how it works um because you know it's just like i'm getting these vibes through the universe but you explained it to me in a, in a way that was helpful when i asked so share if you can some of those clearly defined programs for abundance uh, spiritual awakening and like the highest consciousness connection with all good things if, if you have them and how does this tech work where does it come from and what does it do all right, guys, I hope that you enjoyed that episode, that part one. Uh, part two is coming down the line. Like I said, we, we dive deep in that podcast um, on some really beautiful, creative, thought-provoking subjects. So if you like this episode and you want to support the podcast, please share this episode with your friends. Leave a review in iTunes. It goes a long way. Um, let me know on social media what parts you liked. Um, I'm getting a few more of those now. I always love knowing what parts you liked and what you're listening to. Uh, but the most important thing you can do is one kind act for someone else today. Pick up a piece of trash open the door for somebody um, pay it forward just think of something what, write an old friend a letter just one kind act for somebody and even better do the kindness challenge which is just three kind acts a day um, go out of your way to do it and do that for a week and see how you feel see what happens I guarantee you you're going to have a beautiful experience and something will shift so just let me know if you're taking that challenge because the more I see um, you know somebody sent me let me know they're taking the challenge um, the more I know the podcast is working um, if you want to support on Patreon thank you so much to everybody Everybody who supports me over there, just go to patreon.com forward slash Matt Belair. It does help. It goes a long way, and I really appreciate it. Um, sign up for the email list at mattbelair.com. And if you want a free lucid dreaming book and a guided meditation that helps you lucid dream quicker, uh, just go forward slash lucid dreaming, and you can pick that up. And, um, yeah, I'm going to go to the Parliament of World Religions next week, or early November, with David Lone Bear Senapas, Native American elder, um, 
of the Mi'kmaq people, and it's going to be a pretty extraordinary experience, and we're looking to um, do a lot of things. We need a lot of help. I definitely could use an assistant, um, some web stuff, so anybody out there that you know wants to support myself or David, we could definitely use that. Uh, administrative assistant would be great. Graphic design, video, all that kind of stuff is, is awesome as we try to um, just get to these next steps to really amplify these messages, amplify the teachings, and uh, continue the work on the most uh, large, beneficial, profound, and uh, integrous, is that a word? With the most amount of integrity possible um, and the best work possible. So uh, if you guys want to help out, definitely reach out, matt at zenathlete.com and I appreciate you listening in your time. So uh, let's just close this out by coming to a powerful state of peace and coherence. So wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing, taking in a deep breath in through your nose. Holding that breath and just set the intention to connect with yourself. Come to total peace and presence now. And just let that breath out slowly with all the cares and all the worries of the day. Taking another deep breath in through your nose. Holding that breath and just feeling gratitude and love and appreciation for your life and for all the things that you have. Just think about some things you're really grateful for. It could be uh, just your senses, your eyesight, your, your hearing, your your roof over your head, a family member, somebody who loves you. Just let that breath out slowly with all the self-criticisms, the limitations, and focusing on what you don't have and decide to focus on what you do have. Take it one more deep breath in through the nose, holding that breath and just amplifying the feeling of gratitude, of love, of peace and connection and feeling that pulse through every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being and as you live and go forth with joy and peace and presence that energy affects all those around you just do a kind act a smile a nod encouragement um, and just go about the rest of your day with as much love peace and coherence positive energy as you can so thank you so much for listening to this part one and i will see you in the next episode